Hello and welcome to Zero Points Articulated, a podcast about a surprisingly good season of anime. <laughs> Legitimately surprising. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. I'm Jimmy. I'm Rob. I'm Brendan. And I'm Eric. So I need to jump right in and gush a little bit about a recent episode of One Piece. Because I'm not watching One Piece on the regular. And it's not an episode where like a whole lot of plot things happen. But if someone were to walk up to me and be like, hey, what's One Piece about? Is this something I should watch? I'd be like, okay, there's like two spoilers. But otherwise, you watch this one episode and you will know for sure whether or not you are going to love this series. <laughs> it is one of the most beautifully animated things I have ever seen. <laughs> Talking about like the legacy of like everything that's leading up to this moment and this fight that's probably going to take a year to animate. <laughs> yeah, knowing, knowing the animator is one piece. <laughs> Well, not just that, like, I am pretty sure the fight that they're about to animate was, like, 30 to 40 chapters long. Only. Only. And from what I know of that fight, when it gets towards the end, we're probably going to have another episode where I'm pretty sure half the animation staff is dead afterwards. It's It's literally just the story of the people who believe in Luffy and everything that we've done to, like, get to this point this moment where everything is going to change and it's the dawn of a new era like this is the moment the fight that changes everything and like i'm watching this haven't watched like one piece in like five years and i'm getting chills <laughs> and this is indicative of what's going on this season because even your garden variety year-round never-ending shonen show had an amazing episode I mean, to be fair to One Piece, it's been kind of in a renaissance for the past, like, year or two, mm -hmm. where they've just been putting out stellar episodes, but this was still, like, on another level. Like, this was, if you watch one episode of One Piece, this is the episode. It will make you feel things. The core concepts of One Piece are conveyed in one 20-minute episode. It's almost indescribable how well-directed and animated this episode was. Pulling out all the stops for the eventual end of One Piece. Which yeah. is coming. It is coming. Which is amazing, because but first, we Luffy, all basically grew up with it. But first, Luffy and Kaido have to punch each other for 40 episodes. <laughs> so, speaking about a show that, that still has its primary competency, <laughs> let's talk about... Kaguya, which, you know, last uh, time we talked about anime, this was the show that just sort of got free-spaced in. We didn't have a debate about it. Mainly because we we're going for them free clicks, baby. It's worth noting that Kaguya is still as good and dynamic and exciting and funny as it's always been. Who can walk away from, like, the rap episode feeling anything but warm things about Kaguya? Probably the rap community. <laughs> 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 look, 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 I'm not, look, look, I, I'm not gonna say that, like, the FD signifiers of the world might not have complaints about that episode, but I, I think it was, it was a whole, it was a great episode. Like, oh, yeah. there was, yeah. there was clearly love for hip hop on there. Like, the whole music video, like, bit. Oh, yeah, the, the, the end credit. Well, the end credit, the end credit song and stuff. Yeah. That yeah, was, that was great, but no, no, but like, the mid episode bit where it was like, you know, Shiragone was going in, and it was, like, shot like a ninety, a mid-90s, like, peak hip-hop era, like, music video, like, where it's, like, just fucking around on a skate park. Um, and that's one of the things that, about Kaguya this season that I think is worth noting, 
is that the series has been really good about being faithful to being an adaptation of the manga. I feel that season three has gone above and beyond looking at what the manga is trying to convey in certain scenes and bringing that to life in anime form and adding extra layers to it and like making it feel alive it's almost like the opposite of the uzaki anime where watching so great material but like like watching the first two episodes it's like yeah this is a shot for shot remake of the manga the problem is the manga is a bunch of still pictures with like no backgrounds so (laughs) and kaguya you have it just after watching gaki no tsukai have an appreciation for the format of the japanese tv show where it's exaggerated narration and like all those like funny sound effects and stuff that they they add into the uh, into the anime that you just don't get with the manga. And it, it's important that it remembers that it's an anime at times. Yeah. Like because you know when you know something's hewing too close to a manga source, it feels like there's a gag that doesn't make realistic sense because of how time works in anime versus, you know, in a film format versus a manga format. Like, not to talk shit about another one of our darlings this season, but Spy X Family, that, like, the gag of, you know, switching out of the clothes... Whoa, Jimmy, Jimmy, calm down. You don't have to jump over the table. It's Jimmy, fine. I will hold you back. <laughs> but, like, the gag of, like, the switching the clothes in the, like interview episode Mm -hmm. like they sort of put the lampshade on it about like how quickly it happens it is one of those gags that it's like this is still funny but i can tell this came from a manga i think it's funnier because it's how did they how did they do that how ridiculous they just were able to switch out of their clothes switch in and just be like yeah we were prepared for this it's like garo disguises yeah (laughs) (laughs) the elegance of garo disguises the (laughs) Elegant. Elegant. But yeah, like this season of Kaguya is like introducing some of my favorite characters and some of my favorite plot points. I mean, we're still really early into the series comparatively um, in the anime. And now one of the things I'm looking forward to is there has always been this weird shift in Kaguya where it goes from straight gag to series that's mostly focused on a narrative and you have bits of that throughout, like, the first part, but it's interspersed in almost a normal rom-com style. And this is the season where, after this point, things get very narrative-focused for a long time. Yeah. And we start really delving into our characters and the relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. And we're already getting that a bit with, you know, uh, Kaguya and Ishigami's relationship and how that's, like, a tutoring thing going on. Yeah. And they, like develop this friendship that's really valuable to both of them throughout the series. Well, that only, but, yeah, that just only goes but, places. But, but you are also get, seeing, like, a lot of the groundwork, like, that was laid for future plot points. Yeah. Like, you get the bit with Hayasaka being a mole for Kage's family, mm-hmm. and where she just confesses it to Shiragone. You get the bit where, um, you know, get the ground, like, the groundwork for, now we have a ticking clock, this is what the drama is actually about, in the latest episode, the the hints of like the actual darkness bubbling under the surface in Kaguya is this is the point where it starts to come out, and you it's still like you know it isn't making anything less funny, but it's like if you know what's going on, like you're like oh hey I, there's a storm brewing there's storms and there's there's drama and this is this is going to pay off the secret actual not a straight rom-com <laughs> and i feel that's actually what really endeared you to the series in general was yeah i really liked the series 
But it wasn't until the first Ishigami arc where I was like an actual Kaguya series stan. Yeah, where there's like actual solid character that they're delving into and they just keep doing that. It's fantastic. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I feel that's a, a good uh, segue into talking about uh, Jimmy's favorite series that I totally stole the transition He's from. still too heated from Brendan saying one almost bad thing about it. The almost bad <laughs> thing. But all I gotta say for Jimmy here is on behalf of everyone that was waiting for it, ladies and gentlemen, we got the face. We got the face. <laughs> we got the face. Uh, for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with uh, the face. what we're talking about, or the face... It's um, episode six of uh, Spy X Family, where uh, I, I don't even really know how to describe the face. It's like that weird smile that Anya does. Actually, my family has a has a word for that. It's called the cheesy smile. It's called the cheesy smile. <laughs> the way that uh, Damien refers to it as that smirk. <laughs> Man, the more I watch Spy X Family, the more I just feel bottomless dread. Uh, because I know... No, wait, hold on, Jimmy. He's, I think he's going to say something positive. <laughs> uh, because I know, deep down, Jimmy tried introducing this series to me. And I just dropped the ball. I would have known more about this series and how amazing it is if I just read the manga and, like, I didn't. Yeah, I dropped the I, ball. I, I, have a, I have a feeling we're going to have the same conversation again when Chainsaw Man airs. <laughs> <laughs> Except that'll be directed towards you. <laughs> but but yeah, Jimmy, I, I, I do have to just say, I am terribly, terribly sorry. What, what, what do I need to do to get your forgiveness for how great of a series Spy X Family is? Because I, it's just... It's just episode after episode. Make him watch wrestling. It's, it's just, it's so good. <laughs> He's already doing that. Damn. That, that is true. You've already Maybe. gotten me on wrestling. I mean, at the end of the day, you hurt yourself more than you hurt Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I do be like that. Like, you already have life's greatest punishment. You you weren't in on the ground floor for Spunk's family. <laughs> yeah, right? So, one of the things I just love, and they're doing a pretty good job of conveying this, is how actually not completed people all three people in this family are yeah like you're just randomly just willing to kill people at a moment's notice <laughs> it's great gets off on it, <laughs> lloyd is an anxious workaholic who, uh who has no no other aims in his life but except for serving like his country and anya's just desperate for a family like, Lloyd doesn't even really realize that his, like, priorities is pr have pretty shifted already. He's already slowly gotten more and more attached to the family. So like, He's become the dad anime. He's become the dad anime that There's Rob always wanted. so many good dad anime this series, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. <laughs> this season, you mean? Yes, this <laughs> season. But yeah, and, it, you know, it's one of those things where, it, like, the structure is pretty good, you know, in terms of, like, the gags. I will say this this episode, you know, I was, like, kind of surprised this was a Shonen Jump manga up until the most recent episode where they introduced both the uh, the Stellas and the, the Bolts. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 this suddenly looks like a Shonen Jump manga, finally. <laughs> <laughs> There's this weird mechanic of this school that just seems, like, built for a Shonen manga. You didn't feel the Shonen manga whenever they, like 
took over an amusement park. <laughs> just, and it was so just so like they could just so that they could like stage a uh, nothing a reenacting of Bond Man. Well, Bond Man. Man, that was such a great episode. That was one of the like moments I was like really looking forward to for this series. It's like, how are they going to do this, and how over the top is it going to be? Stunning visuals. It's not. It's over the top as hell. It is pretty funny with this show when you can immediately tell when it's like a Studio Wit episode or a Cloverworks episode. <laughs> <laughs> you can just tell the quality. But yeah, so far it hasn't really, you know, there's been no- nothing really disappointing about it. Yes, I had that one minor quibble about that one gag, but please, Jimmy, don't hurt me. <laughs> he, he, he is about to ball you to death, I can tell. He, he's just wait until the microphones eyes. are off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> the series with the best opening this season is your boy Kong Ming. The thing it, that's great about this series is that on the same week Kaguya had a rap episode, Kong Ming had the better it, rap episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say the same exact <laughs> fucking thing. How did it? How? <laughs> they had a 12 minute rap battle <laughs> and they had so much build up. This rap battle was amazing. Thank you so much for introducing us to this show, Jimmy. How did you even find this? In the car is that I have four criteria for watching an anime, and one of them is people on the message board I go to talking about shows, and people are just like, this thing is wild, check it out. (laughs) Oh, it's so wild. Literal military tactics in order to win music battles. I I think one of my favorite part of each episode is the, like, bit at the beginning where it's like, where it's like, you know, animated in, like, the still life, like, historical, like, art style pictures of Free Kingdom's narratives that are tied up to the things that, like, Koming was doing last episode. You're going through this weird extra effort to do this cool style thing that's just an episode recap. There, there, there's so much love put into this series, like, both for the music genre and just, like, the, the culture surrounding it. Hands down the best moment of this series so far has been, I'm glad the era has changed into a more peaceful era. Otherwise, I would have had to display their heads on stage. (laughs) (laughs) I just love how, like, the further into the series we get, people are actually like, is he actually (laughs) calming? I think one of the great things about the rap battle, to an extent, was like, you know, it starts off with, like, the rapper dude just, like, um... I forget what his Kabutani. Kabutani. Oh wait, uh, Kab- uh, no, it's, no, um, no. That was, I, I, I was watching the room. Yeah, you're, 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 you're Kabu- it up. Kabutaba. It's Kabe. Kabe Taijin. Kabe Taijin. I think so. I, I, it's Kabe for my short. Weird, my weird crossover yeah. fanfic with Kung Ming and Neroi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like, but with him, like, it starts off with him basically questioning whether or not Kung Ming is really even the real thing. But, like, towards, like, the middle end of the fight, he starts actually insulting Koming for things that were failings of him in life. And, like, Koming has to, like, come up with defenses and explanations for the things he actually did. A one-on-one historical rap battle. It's slash therapy session. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, then you get to the end of the rap battle, the Kabe wins, and then it's like, hey, how's your stomach doing? <laughs> It's actually fine, and then it cuts over, and it's like, yeah, he actually slipped in stomach medicine before he got on stage. <laughs> and I'm like, Kome, you 
You son of a bitch. You dastardly boy. You dastardly boy. I think one of the things that just actively works here is this isn't like an idle anime that's like closer to like a, you know, Love Live or or something like that. It, it feels closer to something like Beck, where it's like a grounded sort of like in a lot of ways realistic thing, except for the fact that Coming is here. <laughs> and like coming up with his like bullshit plots that like they're based on tactics and hey man i just love that like a bunch of people in this series are just sad people dealing with the like some idols work at target like gravity <laughs> of the fact that not everyone makes it in the music industry yeah it's like the it's like culture of hollywood people go to hollywood in order to make it big and like unfortunately a very select few will actually make it big I think I need to be brave enough to wear the kind of glasses that Kong Ming wears. I I need in my yay. life the yay glasses. Yay. <laughs> I gotta let people know how I'm feeling. And you're able to just go into a club and people are just like telling you how cool your glasses are. It's like, hey, can you imagine how metal it would be to just walk around with like fancy glasses that just say dead inside? <laughs> <laughs> But also while you're cosplaying as a historical figure. <laughs> Man, that'd be kind of fun. Dress up as, like, questionable historical figures while wearing a kick-me sign. <laughs> yo, walk around as, like, like, Custer. Yo, yeah, walk around as, like, Custer, or, like, dr- like, dress up as Thomas Edison and just, like, hey, you got beef with Thomas Edison? Just give me a kick. Just, Get it out of your system. Out. <laughs> like, the, the series really does show how much love for the musical genre it has. I mean, they're able to go into hip-hop, rap, idols. This series has so much potential. Here's the one thing I will say about coming sort of in the negative. I wish this was the the kind of show they gave a little bit more budget to. Because there are a couple cuts, you know, usually, you know, interstitial scenes where you see the cut corners on the show. Uh, all those CGI crowds. Or rather, like, in the, the laundromat scene, where there was a couple off-model looking comings and rapper dude. Yeah. Where they spent all coming. their money on music. It's a sort of show that requires a little bit more budget, because there's a lot of insert songs that are mid-episodes. You know, the, you have to have the CGI for the dancing movements. But it's one of those things where, like, this show is a good enough concept with good enough direction and a cool enough style that I wish... That more people in the anime industry believe in this thing, so that way all of it look, would look good, including the stuff that has to. Man, you know what show looks really good this season, though? Better than I thought it would? <laughs> Madoka Magica? No, it's uh, Mirai, Mirai ReZero. Mirai Magica. meets uh, ReZero. <laughs> also, like, two episodes is basically Bacano. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Showcase Shoujo was a series I really dragged my feet on for, like, actually, like, continuing. Because I was really worried that it would be a bad Yuri series. But it turns out it's a good Yuri series. series. Yeah, it felt like a slog fest. And and then when I did realize the Mirai Nikki underpinning in in the story, like episode six, where I literally couldn't tell otherwise, (laughs) it just threw it at me. I was like, oh, wait, that's cool. (laughs) <laughs> the reason I keep saying Madoka Magica is the character design has elements of Homura in it. Or it's like black haired, you know, iconically uh, tied to a school uniform, purple eyes. Um, uses a finger gun. <laughs> pew pew. And it's like trying to save a woman with pinkish hair who's destined for death, apparently according to the timeline, without really caring about what's going to happen to the world as a result. Yeah, that's 
kind of Homura, like, in a nutshell, right? I mean, she does care about the world a bit. She just needs, specifically, her girlfriend to kill her. Yeah. She acknowledges she still needs to die for the sake of the world. No, no, no. She needs to die for the sake of her girl, not for the sake of the world. She needs to die because if she's still alive, her girl doesn't get to continue living. Yeah. Yeah, I was sold when the series suddenly became Bacano, and I realized, oh wait, this train's gonna blow up. And then there was a moment where everybody just kind of stopped what they were doing, and was like, that felt weird. And I was like, oh, the train blew up. <laughs> <laughs> and then Menno is just like, I think the train blew up. <laughs> like, I have a distinct feeling that this train blew up, and we just got rewound. And I think, like, um, a standout line for me is, the moment where she sees her headband on the ground. It's like, oh, the decoration. I don't always get this. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, this isn't the first, how many times has she gone through this story that she's like, oh, this is a rarity. I actually got, like, the decoration. Yeah. Aww, gotta, keep, gotta keep it safe. That's low-key horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that one line tells you so much. And it, it tells you how broken that character is. Because they, they already explained, like, the the use of the isekai power, like, drives people insane and, like, takes them over more than themselves. So the fact that she's probably only able to hold it together because she's constantly, like, erasing her memories... And just kind of hiding in the background yeah. of her consciousness. Well, it's it's also just like, okay, like, if I'm me in the body constantly, I'm probably going to fuck everything up because just me you being around. You knowledge yeah. that people don't have, and that becomes very creepy. It, it's kind of like Wanda letting um, the bit about America slip when she's talking to Doctor Strange. <laughs> like, eventually you're gonna fuck up calm down jimmy he didn't know you haven't seen it yet <laughs> the spoil boys the damn jimmy boys. you're so aggressive today <laughs> yeah jimmy you need to calm down man i'm I'm afraid what's gonna happen when these mics are muted it, mostly it's gonna be dead brendan you hate to see all it over happen. the room you shouldn't have talked shit man <laughs> it's it's wild to me how well people's opinions of the first episode is going to age on my anime list where they're like they killed the most interesting part of this show and it's like man how wrong you are is aging and getting more well, delicious by the day. Well, yeah. well, here's the thing that I think is kind of interesting. The sort of, like, main thing about the series, where this is about a romance between someone who is fated to die and, and the person that she's supposed to kill, is something that doesn't come up till the second episode. Now, obviously, it would be kind of hard to fit that hook into that first episode at least the way it was structured they, they had too much ground to cover in the first episode they gotta teach you about the world show you that there's clear signs that there's been a bunch of fucking isekai protagonists coming through the world yeah and then they gotta show you this isn't your granddad's isekai <laughs> and you know it's not yeah because granddad hated the gays <laughs> <laughs> and it's pretty unapologetically gay at this point like there's not a straight ship anywhere in sight. I haven't se seen something this gay since Symphogear. I mean, literally all the main characters are were females. What are you talking about? Symfo There's no one gay in Symphogear. Yeah, explain to me it, one it, it, moment it, it, where... in, this, in the same way that we have no proof that Raiga is Koga and Karu's <laughs> son. He was clearly going to end up with Rekka. We can't read subtext, Brendan. 
It doesn't exist. Or even, especially when it's text. It has to be the foreground, or else there, there's no way that we could possibly know. Yeah. Okay, you guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, you guys are as stupid as, like, those researchers who, like, read through people's diaries and, like, are like, hmm, these two historical figures, they were really good friends. They wanted to be buried together. It's like, does Ockery like Venno? Like, I don't know. She did invite her to take a bath with her. It was just like, hey, we could get closer through this bath. It was like, does she like her? I don't know. There's not really a whole lot of signs there. This could just be a friendly gesture. Okay, (laughs) what about future her? Like, okay, I've got to erase things. I'll uh, just leave my 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 absolute undying love for. <laughs> um, yeah, I love my friends. Like, I mean, yeah, she says she loves Minnow, but does that mean she loves Minnow? I don't know if there's enough okay. evidence to support this. Okay. You can't really know. Okay, but what about Momo? I mean, uh, she's just a walking Edgar Cox tag. No, no, no. <laughs> she killed a I, fucking dragon she when her a, ribbon burned up. She she killed a dragon with her ribbon. Uh, so the thing about that is that I don't care who she loves because I kind of just ship her with the princess. I'm calling it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, I mean that one has the belligerent sexual tension. <laughs> like, come on. Like, you don't feel something when she talks about, like, cutting oh. her into a hole with a bunch of demons. Like, this would be Tumblr's favorite ship here. You know what has occurred to me? Is that I have literally never talked about ships when it comes to straight characters. Every time I have mentioned ships, it has been yeah, we get it. You're a Fujoshi. I'm like, I'm starting to think that I might just be a Fujoshi. You are, Rob. I've been telling you this for like five years. You're a Fujoshi. Damn, it really do be that way. It really do happen, Rob. As much as I had to admit that I secretly, deep down, love Toku, you too need to admit that you're just secretly, deep down, a Fujoshi. Secretly love Toku. <laughs> Not much of a secret anymore. Yeah, you you own as many rider belts as me. <laughs> hey, listen, one of those belts is yeah, this is not that great. He's just really good friends with Toku. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's no way to really know. There's not enough evidence in the text that say that they actually have romantic feelings. It's not like I I, I almost own every single bottle for, like, the Bill Belt. <laughs> I, I bought Rabbit Tank Sparkling without even, like, <laughs> a second thought. But, yeah, no, it, like, it might not have been the show that we were expecting going in. But, honestly, I'm glad that it's the show we have because, frankly, that other show could had a very high chance of being a disaster. There was two other shows, and soccer is good. I mean, isn't Tomodachi game good from what... I mean, I watched the second episode with Alec, and I hate everybody in this show. Yeah, which no, means Jimmy no, Jimmy would have hated it. There, there's no good people in the show. There is no good people. It's awful. But I'm going to keep watching it, because awful people are going to like have a bad time. And there's this one guy who kind of hates all of his friends now, but... God damn if he's not going to keep them all alive. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this has been Zero Points Articulated. You can send us an email at zeropointsarticulated at gmail.com and you can follow us on the web at zeropointsarticulated.com We hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. We'll be back next week with more content.
Zero Points Articulated is distributed by Anchor. Audio engineering and co-directed by James Morales. Produced and co-directed by Robert Marchant. Episode composition and editing by Amy Lepresti. And along with the usual suspects and contributors, Brendan Buck and Eric Deline.